0: Welcome to episode 9 of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. I'm Chris, he's Tim, the kit to my Michael Knight. <laughs> <coughs> Calm down. How offensive, man. <laughs> uh, with Christmas just around the corner, there will be a distinctively festive feel about this show where we'll be looking at the Disney Christmas classic Mickey's Christmas Carol. And
1: handbagging our way through the show.
0: Be bit bypassing all that cheesy Christmas music, instead, of taking a look at the Bad Religion Christmas album. That's right. Yeah, man top of that, we'll be chatting with uh, English Dogs, Prodigy and Jenna Stark guitarist Gizbert. And we may or may not have a special guest live on the show. But before all that, Tim is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore.
1: I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore!
0: About Doctor Who. About Doctor Who. About Doctor Who. Go on in. Why, why are you mad
1: about Doctor, <coughs> Doctor Who? Because I can't stand the fact that fandom's got his panties in a bunch about the fact that the Doctor's now a woman. Yeah. And... I think it's one of the most ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous ideas the fandom has ever clung to as a whole. It, it's sci-fi, so isn't it? It's well, all right. So you've got an alien who constantly regenerates and um, t- assumes a whole new persona. Why can't that persona be female? Yeah, agreed. And it's actually in canon, and it, it's it's in the canon of the story that time lords can switch sexes when they regenerate. It yeah. started with Big Finish's Gallifrey series. And big finishes, Doctor Who line is officially canon according to the BBC. So that makes the fact that Time Wars can switch sexes, can switch, se- uh, can switch sex when they even generate. absolutely canon. And you're finding, well, the doctor's a woman, I'm not going to watch anymore. Well, don't yeah, turn the television exactly, off. Yeah. You know, go back to your little Brexit pamphlet and go back to looking at pictures <laughs> of <on> Nigel <laughs> Farage. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I'd say t- t- they're probably the same people. They are exactly the same
1: people. <laughs> yeah. You know, just. I, I don't get it. I don't understand the whole. We've got our panties in a bunch because the doctor's not a woman.
0: Do you think she's won over any? Uh, I would hope so. Because you think when it came out, I mean, Jodie Whittaker, I think was brilliant. I think she's yeah, awesome. She is. Um, but um, you know, there was still the naysayers then, even after a few episodes. So, and uh, yeah. But I think they were clinging
1: to the idea that Capaldi was fantastic when, in actual fact, Capaldi was dreadful. Do you think so? I don't think he was dreadful. Oh, dreadful. Really? Yeah. Not a fan, no. No, not at all. Because when you've got an old man and you strap a guitar on him and try to
0: make out that he's cool, that was yeah, that that was cringy. Forced and it just makes you go, oh my goodness. Didn't like the glasses either. No. No, that 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 didn't sit well with me. No, it it
1: just it just felt out completely out of step
0: with the way Doctor Who has been
1: since its sort of regeneration and its own regeneration. Yeah. With Chris Eccleston and it just felt. Capaldi's casting felt completely out of step with the rest of the series, whereas Jodie Whittaker's feels completely in step.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, the the, the beat they missed was putting Capaldi in there, then and not putting Jodie Whittaker in straight after Matt Smith.
0: That's the beat they missed. Okay. That's the way I was doing yeah. it. So you were like a Doctor Who fan from the beginning, weren't you? Oh, no, I'm. Yeah. Well, right. So yeah. So
1: <laughs> so my first Doctor Who memory is the Deadly Assassin. Okay. Um. That's a Tom Baker. Tom series. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. 78 yeah and i remember the cliffhanger when he's got his foot trapped in the railway lines, yeah yeah and the the points are about to change and the master's got a train running towards him i remember that vividly and that terrifying the life of me okay um that's my first proper doctor's memory
0: i remember 80s doctor who that was my intro and to be honest i was a big fan peter davison Davison, yeah yeah so that was my intro i wasn't i couldn't grasp it but this is why um I brought in, we brought in my son today, Elliot, a.k.a. Elliot Rocks on YouTube. Rocks. Um, Doctor Who superfan. Yeah, Doctor Who's superfan. I mean, no, it's just interesting to get another perspective because he's uh, got, I mean, you're only born in 2007. But I'd say since about 2011, 12, you've been a fan ever since, haven't you? Yeah. So what's your take on, first of all, what's your take on Jodie Whittaker?
1: Um, I think she's a pretty good female doctor. Yeah. I think the producers have made a pretty bad series for her because they haven't gave her a chance, really, because the storyline's been pretty poor. But I'm hopeful that the series after Christmas will improve as the trailer looks really good.
0: Yeah, so it's the writers that's the issue for you, rather than... The doctor. I completely agree. Yeah. Mm. So the doctor herself, you're yeah, happy with? Yeah. Okay. So who's your favourite doctor? Uh the tenth doctor. David Tennant. Yeah. Yeah? Next after that?
1: Then Matt Smith.
0: Then Matt, Matt Smith, yeah. yeah. Okay. Good so we got a good Matt Smith story. I, I, I dragged him out of school to go home and meet Matt Smith. Yeah. We found where Matt Smith was uh... Was he cool with you? He's very cool, wasn't he? Yeah. From the school. Um. Yeah, I forgot. Elliot had a dentist appointment this afternoon. And I need to pick him up. Better in sorry, Elliot. There's no dentist. <laughs> We're going to see the doctor. But the, but you, you didn't really lie, did you? Because Elliot no. was going to see the doctor. Yeah, he was going to see the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the just, doctor I just. I really started... like, it's a sort of. A... I meant doctor, but I said dentist. It's like, t- uh... in the truth
1: a little bit. Yeah. Living. Yeah.
0: Because you know, the truth's malleable anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thing. So for you, you're a fan of Uh Whittaker, and you're looking forward to the new series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going? Is it going old school? Because it looks like there's Cybermen in there.
1: Yeah, I think he's going old old school. Cause in the trailer there it was like a new so, new type of um cyberman.
0: It looked like the next generation sort of cyberman, yeah. didn't it? You seen the trailer? Yeah. If i see the Doctor Who trailer though. <laughs> <laughs> so with Doctor Who, did you um did you think with, with the Jodie Whittaker uh, series, did you think it was because they purposely sh- strayed away from classic bad guys, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it felt like they were trying to reboot the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. When they shouldn't have done that at all.
1: Okay. and again that's the writer's fault that's not Jodie Whitaker's fault that's not no the no, no. companion's fault that's a pure that's a Chibnall going oh no What am I going to do this when am I going to do this how am I going to do this I've got this great big responsibility let's try something completely new you shouldn't have done it you should have just slotted Jodie Whitaker into the Doctor's chronology you should have just been like bang you're in that's it
0: so you would have had Capaldi out and Whittaker in oh that, yeah yeah I would, I would never have
1: ca- ca- cast Capaldi not in a million years were you
0: happy when, when he was cast when he no. was announced no no no, no. You just thought then it's going
1: to be... Um, I didn't... It's odd because I was talking about this. I watched the first couple of episodes of the Capaldi thing and
0: I swear It's the only <laughs> time I've never been excited about. When you say the only time ever. So who's your doctor then? John Pertwee. Oh, really? Yeah, third doctor. Oh, I see, yeah. I ended down with a Tom Baker. I like
1: Tom Baker. Tom yeah. Baker's great. But if I'm going to put doctors in order, I go 3, 2, 4, 11, 10.
0: Okay.
1: And then 5.
0: Elliot, if there was no Matt Smith and David Tennant, who's your favourite Doctor? Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, you've no. never asked this it one. tough one. Eccleston? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, probably. You're a reboot guy, are not you? Yeah. You like this in, like the, the reboot. Like it's mm. really instinctive, and the, the Doctor you grew up with
1: becomes one of your favourites.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's your Doctor. And David Tennant is very much Elliot's, isn't it? Yeah. It's very
1: he's
0: much can. lines, honest. I, I love David Tennant. I think he's, but, I think he's brilliant. The world.
1: Funny enough, on audio, the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker, who was... Didn't really get a good run on TV. He's the best audio doctor I've ever heard. His adventures are fantastic. He, he adds an extra depth and sort of rounded. I don't know. You've come back well, to recently. Narcissism and sort of nihilism mixed with joviality. Okay. The character. Yeah, um, yeah. On, on audio. And the seventh doctor stuff is really, really dark on audio. Hmm. It's, at times, just really love crafting with all about cosmic horror. So six and seven are definitely the best doctors on audio. What, what did you
0: think about the movie in the 90s? So I was at the at the time. Yeah. I kind of liked it.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, but only because I'd be, you know, we'd been by that time. So this is what nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So like yeah. So we'd been about Doctor Who for seven, eight You've years. You've been starved. And he was like, oh, oh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put up with anything. I'll put up with anything. Even, <laughs> even you know, Eric Roberts is the Master. I'll put up with that. Oh God, um, yeah. You know, Paul McGann wasn't a bad doctor. I don't. I think if he'd been given great stories and a chance to shine, like he is on audio, because again on audio he's fantastic. Um, he would have been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh he just wasn't given the depth or the time to actually make the character his own, and that was a massive problem for me.
0: Okay. But
1: yeah. So I'm mad. So, as I'm mad as hell about the fact that. Georgie you was whining about the fact that the, doctor, the doctor. Yeah. You know, it's, just get over yourself. I know. Get up. over it, yeah. it. I
0: mean, so that's what makes Tim.
1: I'm mad as hell. I can't take it anymore.
0: Excellent Thank you Elliot Check out Elliot's YouTube channel Elliot Rocks Cheers mate High fives All round brother All All round round. There we go I'm as mad as hell And I'm not going to take this anymore Okay so it's been a good Couple of weeks of trailers as well
1: it's been an incredible couple
0: of weeks. Yeah, let's, let's run them down. First of all, uh, well, today, today drop Ghostbusters trailer. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Incredible. Stranger, thi- Stranger things are afoot in the Ghostbusters universe, I think. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It looks really good. It's taken Ghostbusters and given it a whole new sort of, it's not in the city, it looks like it's miles it's just away. It's
1: dragged in. it into the new millennium.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's
1: given it a new lease of life and given it a new direction. Um, there's plenty of little nods and reveals yeah. and, and nods to the old old couple of films. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm one of those rare sort of beasts who actually liked the Ghostbusters reboot.
2: No, I, I liked it. All
1: female Ghostbusters. I think it's fantastic. It was a really good film. It's funny and it was in
0: keeping with this, the spirit of the original films. This and, goes with what we were just saying about... Uh... Yeah, it's just, just get over yourself yeah. and just Enjoy the films what they are. Exactly, yeah. yeah I enjoyed the, the reboot, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, but th- this, I mean, you know, we all love the original. Yeah. Who doesn't love the original? Yeah. And was that Bill Murray voiceover? It was Bill Murray, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. just seeing actor one
1: charging Tear on the Tearing around movies. the field, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you just chills down his fine. Then yeah. that gunner seat pops out, and you think, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could do the sitting in that gunner seat. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's. I mean, there's plenty of clues there because Hal Ramis obviously is no longer with us so grandfather in question is obviously going to turn out to be gone Spengler
0: yeah for sure lots of little nods there there was like yeah. there was jars of um, mould and stuff there like yeah, he yeah. used to collect And
1: I'm just I just wonder how they're going to bring crazy Dan Ackroyd into it <laughs> crazy Dan Ackroyd, his oh, Dan Ackroyd is brilliantly crazy <laughs> <laughs> he makes me smile every time I think about
0: him um, we've had Bond oh <sighs> new
1: no Bond ta- dream no time to die
0: yeah oh it's, <laughs> oh you're making those
1: noises again. Oh, mate, I know I'm making dirty noises, I know. <laughs> um, the thing is, I've not missed a Bond film, I like, in the cinema, since *Spy Love of Me. Okay, that's pretty um, impressive. Yeah, it is.
0: What
1: was that, 84, 83? 79. Spiral of Me, is that... 78, 79, yeah, yeah. God. That's the first Bond film I saw in the cinema. That's, yeah. Wow. Because it went Star Wars, and then Battlestar Galactica, Superman, and then The Spiral of Me. And then, okay. Uh, Moonraker. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, then it went, like, uh your eyes only and then Octopussy or the other way around and then Future Kill yeah then you went into the Dalton Bonds then you went to Pierce Brosnan and now you've come, you've come full circle with Daniel Craig and that, Daniel Craig is just phenomenal
0: yeah he Bond. is he's he got that hard edge but it's still that cool exterior yeah which I think a good Bond needs yeah um, he's uh so who's your favourite Bond my favorite Bond.
1: Yeah, it's Roger Moore. Mate. Yeah, I mean Roger
0: Moore. Yeah. Do you think that again? That, that, that's that, yeah, that's the Bond you. Well, yeah, it's it's, 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 doctor, like the, it's doctor, the Bond yeah. you grew up with. Yeah. It is, is
1: your favorite Bond. I mean, I know the the Moore films are ridiculous. I, I absolutely know that. You know. You go,
0: yeah. Oh come on, give me a break. <laughs> but
1: at the same time, there's something charming about them. Yeah, I yeah. I guess. And this it's uh, you know a cold and uh, they are terribly sexist, they are terribly oh good god yeah of their time and they're terribly outdated and the Roger Moore's eyebrow thing we that's <laughs> nothing he can really do. It.
0: yeah
1: And you know he's he's a charger I mean he was like forty five when he made um yeah that die. Yeah he was. So you know he arguably your aches and pains are catching up with you then, right? So yeah. you you got you've got an older commander bond in the field doing this so he gets by on charm rather than pure physicality which is what, something that Sean Connery accentuated in his part in the role, like when yeah. George Lazenby took it it was more it was a more physical entity than Roger Moore ever was
0: mm. yeah
1: um, but I, I kind of like that I kind of like the fact that you know you saw Roger Moore get a duffing and a kick in and he was yeah he, he wasn't favourite Roger Moore favourite film yeah Roger Moore film uh Living Let well Die tough, it's Living Let Die Man The Golden Gun or, strangely enough, your Eyes Only. That's I mean, the, the v- Paris one, isn't
0: it? That's the one in Paris. No, that's Corfu.
1: Cool. What's the one in Paris? One in Paris. Oh, Vue to Mo- Kill. Uh, yeah, Vue to, Vue to Kill. The yeah, yeah. Moonrakers is in Venice. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, to me, there isn't a bad Roger Moore film. Yeah. I mean, they are. I, I have a favourite and I have a least favourite. Yeah. But I don't grade them as in, you know, oh, the, the, this is a terrible film. Well, that's it just. It's just various degrees of good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, it um, No Time to Die. No time to die. It looks excellent. It looks. I uh, will be at
1: the midnight premiere for that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's got everything you from one one from a uh, because well, movie. You
1: come out in the film, you know, you know your dude pushing fifty, but you just gonna have your James, James Bond fantasy come out and the cinema. you're you five minutes alone, just think. I, he's he's gone rogue I,
0: now, doesn't he? he's gone rogue, has not he? He's not an official double O agent, is he? I think he's he's getting brought
1: back in the field this one. Is he? Back, they're bringing back into the fold. Then they're gonna replace Daniel Craig. I don't know who they're gonna replace him with. Okay. Um, Adris yeah in in the dream world it would be Idris Elba yeah. Idris Elba would be in every role in, in my dream world <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: who's going to play this one Idris Elba Don't
0: you think about Idris Elba, yeah. Just, he he's my dream casting for every role yeah 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 we've also had um, Black Widow's drop this week that looks awesome you making those noises again well, yeah, because you know, Tim, stop with the noises. I can't help it because <laughs> it's just it's, it's
1: pure Marvel joy, yeah. It it's is absolute, yeah. from beginning to end. There's not a foot put wrong in that trailer. And David Harbour, Red Guardian, it? yeah, the, the Soviet super soldier. I just had one like you got fed,
0: <laughs> you, got <laughs> fed. You, you got fed.
1: <laughs> it's just brilliant. The Soviet Empire laughs, and Red Guardian's left his own devices. He stood there in the mirror posing and giving it the flesh. <laughs> You got fat, yes.
0: I think this could be one of those sleeper ones. Do you know, there's not been much hype about Black Widow standalone movie. I think. The thing is, Endgame sort of like people are like, oh, you know, Avengers is is, is done now or something, and now they're putting this out. Well, I think this is going to be about Budapest. You and I remember Budapest very yes. differently. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, that's what
1: this is going to gravitate towards, and it, I think it's going to tie in as well to all the sort of disney plus marvel series when they start kicking off cause yeah it's, what's the first first one is falcon winter soldier falcon and winter soldier i think so yeah Cause that's going to be about the battle for the shield and who gets to keep it yeah in you know the, in modern america
0: hmm.
1: i would imagine And what else is there? there's wandavision and there's hawkeye so I might yeah. it might turn to the hawkeye series
0: yeah yeah i can see
1: that yeah yeah because he was in the trailer wasn't he as well yeah Oh, yeah. well, guess that's why i said yeah, yeah. budapest ah. yeah yeah so, hopefully, it'll have something to do with that, but we'll just have to wait and see. But it looks fantastic. Yeah. Just everything you ever wanted in Scarlett Johansson in a tight jumpsuit, so. You
0: know. <laughs> Always a winner. Something to wake you up in the morning. <laughs> I imagine Wonder Woman does the same view then. Well, <laughs> Wonder Woman 84 trailer
1: dropped. It's, it's just a Wonder Woman film, it's set in the 80s. Can Wonder
0: Woman beat me up? Caution. Yes, and the story. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, it looks fantastic. Well, I want big on Wonder Woman. Then, oh, yeah. then, back then I wasn't. Uh, Is the that because you don't like cause you, 'cause you thought it was a girly comic? Uh, do you know what? Then probably yes. Yeah, I would say so. Probably then. Uh, as you grow up, you sort of go, okay, yeah, you know, I can see it now. Right. It's, you know, it's an awesome uh, comic, awesome TV show. But back then I wasn't a fan. And uh, the movie came out. I saw the trade. I was like, oh. It looks right. but it's been my favorite DC movie of the really? la- of the last few years. See, I would. It's in my top three DC movies. Okay. It's not my favorite. Shazam. Oh, God dang, I forgot about Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. Shazam,
1: <laughs> yeah. by far, cause Shazam is Shazam so was funny.
0: awesome, Shazam yeah. Brilliant. Shazam um, was so
1: good. Wonder Woman was great as a more serious film, but Shazam, just said uh, that's just DC having fun with, it, uh, with a DC film, and just going, oh, let's just give him off that way and do this. I mean, Wonder Woman was far better than Aquaman. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, Aquaman's a good film if you like throwaway films that are just full of action and just uh, switch yeah. your brain off and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. But again, there's no chem, no
0: chemistry between the leads and that No. Okay. I was just, oh, some of the scenes drove me nuts. It's like he got captured in one scene and he's got he's fully clothed. All well, he's a, obviously we know he's a good looking guy, Jason Momoa. Yeah. But there's his next scene and he's all chained up and he's topless and sweaty and like bulging. Yeah, but that's not and for, like, well, that's not for us. I mean, it's not for me. It might be for you. <laughs> it might it you was just a bit. Oh, come on! All right, we know he's a good looking guy. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: I. I like Jason Momoa a lot. Um, yeah. I just think, unfortunately, sometimes they don't give him a chance to be Jason Momoa without trying to rein him
0: in. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I had a chance to speak to the guy uh, for a long time. Yeah. He was a con years ago when nobody knew him. All he, knew, all he was known for was Stargate. Before or after uh Before. After uh, before. Okay. This was going back about 10 years ago. Yeah, there was nobody at his table, so we went over. Oh, well, I may as well go and walk. Have, a, have a chat to him. Um, we were there for about 10 minutes talking to him, just roll very stuff. Super nice guy, super relaxed, chilled out dude. Like, i told you this about Gavin and Conan, haven't I?
1: No, no, okay. I a, I'm a massive Conan fan, massive Robbie Howard fan. I'm the only there's two people I know, yeah. who come close to rivaling me in that sort of state. That's one's Nate from Canaan, Ka- yeah, and the other's Gavin. He'll always be Nate Canaan, it doesn't matter. He'll always me. be Nate Canaan, Na- Na- no bands he got. Nathan <laughs> Green, he's a dude's a legend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. shout out to Nate, yeah, so always shout out to Nate, <laughs> um, and Gavin. Oh, Gav okay, loves to so, Right, but we, so we got tickets for the Shout first, out
0: to Gates as well. Oh,
1: big shout out to Gav. <laughs> <laughs> so we got tickets for this, one the first shows of Conan. And we went into it, and as we walk in the cinema, Gav stands up, right, in the, in the cinema, and he just goes, at the top of his voice, in this big, broad, geordie accent, if any of you effers make a noise, I'll kill every single one of you. <laughs> and <laughs> so a couple of these, like, sound royders look around thinking, oh, and there's this big, Gap tough Geordie cage fighting Tattoo's metaphor Staring back down them Nobody said a <laughs> word. I've never been in a cinema that quiet That's fantastic And that is That was our... I never knew that Yeah, 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 yeah uh, That is brilliant But he did it He just he did it in all seriousness He just literally stood up Said it to the whole cinema And then sat back down My
0: God Well Mr. I thought He's I couldn't good. love him anymore
1: I know <laughs> <laughs> It's just one of those moments And you go Yeah yeah, you know. i ab- absolutely. What he said. That's
0: my mate. Yeah, what he said. So just, you know,
1: put your popcorn away. Right. There was nothing. There was no noise, no rustling, no popcorn, nothing. everybody was just quiet. You
0: could hear a pin drop in the cinema. That's fantastic. That's so funny. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be a good new year next year for uh, movies going by the trailers we've had. Yes, indeed. Ghostbusters Bond, Black Widow, Wonder Woman 84. it It'll be a good year. Do you have a track? I
2: think it's time for a track. I think it's time for a track. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual.
0: Okay, that was Bear Away with Is There Any God Up There? Up now on Engineer Records. So, um, Spider-Man, Life Story. chips Zdarsky, new book. Oh, mate, it's
1: just so... It left me a blubbering wreck. Like, <laughs> the thing is, Strider-Man's always been a constant. Yeah. And um, Spider-Man never ages. No. I- ever because he's always going to be Peter Parker I mean his age from when he first came now he's around like the, the late 20s early 30s mark maybe so yeah. obviously this was teenage years in the 60s to now but what, what Sadarsky does with Life Story is he follows Pete from his first from 1966 when he first gets his powers okay through to 2000 and diggity dig right uh, the middle of the oh, 2010s man. and he just follows him and What 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 if Spider-Man grew old what if Spider-Man aged Age yeah his, yeah. How would he develop as a character? How would his life be? How would his life have been changed by the events happening around him, by the by proper by historical events like the Vietnam War, oh by, actual
0: events like
1: yeah by the Cold War, the, by the Cold War and by 9/11 and by all those other things, by like this massive superheroes, just like the Civil War as he's getting older. If superheroes aged, if they were at their true age from the 60s to they, where they were then, how yeah. would the Civil War affect them? How would Secret Wars affect them? How his married life have been, and what it does is it sort of carefully and really cleverly interweaves all the massive events in Peter's life and changes them because of this one, because of him developing and growing older. So his life story all, all these massive events happen all the deaths and all his he loses all his loved ones but the emphasis and the way they happen changes and it's just this heartbreaking story of a man who sacrifices everything to do the right thing oh
0: no and yeah, just yeah, sa- can...
1: all the sacrifices he makes and all the sacrifices he's expected to make and he just he never sort of questions it he never puts time aside for himself I mean, you know he's not a great human being because of this, it makes him a flawed, deeply flawed man. But at the same time, he his life is about sacrifice. His life is about with great power comes great responsibility, and he never and that defines him. Yeah, and That yeah. is the lesson that defines him. Yeah. But as that lesson defines him, how does it affect the people around him? And how ultimately does it? What role does it play in shaping his life? And it's just
0: at times you just go. So it goes from from the time he gets his powers so it goes from, yeah, 16 to sixteen to yeah. Oh man, do <laughs> so you get OEP Peter? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so, sort of, yeah, the late 60s, early 70s. Dealing people. with bad knees and.
1: Yeah, and trying to increasingly keep up with the Spider Man. Oh man. It's just, oh god, dude. Those the, the, the that last heartbreaking. Couple, the last couple of pages are beautifully told. It's, it's just a it's a beautiful ending to a beautiful life. Yeah, right yeah. Now, and it's just that moment when you go, nobody. That's why your chips are Darsky, and I'm who I am. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know how to write this. You know this character. You've grown this character, this character the same way, and you, but you feel his sort of pain and his passion, and you have yeah. put this onto the page. And oh. that's something I don't think has been broached before, is it? No, not that I know of. No. Um, and it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's just, it's always been different stages like of his new, life, has not it? A, right? You know, it's just beautifully illustrated. It's just one of those books where you go. Wow, I'm so for- glad I'm, I, I've read this. Cause yeah, yeah. It's a different perspective on the character. Wow. It's a perspective I'll take into every other Spider-Man book I read. No yeah, yeah. So,
2: yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds now on
0: Marvel, yeah?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, grab it if you
1: can.
2: Yeah, for
0: sure. Available
1: everywhere.
2: This is Roger from Ignostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement
0: Presents. I've been reading myself past week or so. Um, and not just the Beano. N- not just the Beano, no. Not just the Beano. No. I've been in, Well, I've been prepping for... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, basically, done, doing done, some homework. Yeah, <laughs> I read uh, Star Wars Resistance Reborn by yeah. Rebecca Roanhurst. Absolutely awesome book. It starts off, where at the, the events of Last Je- The Last Jedi. Right. Um, you know, finds the Resistance in a mess. Well, the Rebellion's co- completely collapsed. The right? Rebellion's yeah. collapsed. There's only a few, you know, left, a few stragglers left. Um, it's, and there's no real leaders. I mean, Leia's still there. There's no real leaders. So the whole point of this book is sort of like, right, okay, they realise they're gonna need leaders if they're gonna, you know, regroup and go against the right. first order. They're gonna need leaders, so they start reaching out across the galaxy. Uh, Poe Dameron goes, goes off, Chewie goes off, uh, all trying to sort of reconnect with old allies to see if they can, um, you know, re-establish the resistance. What I like about it, and I said this in my review on Mass Movement. I said it's it's instantly familiar as Star Wars. Right. Some books are a bit clunky with styles. I think, over the years. Right, but it takes of, so they, they try to build and extrapolate on mythology too much. So, yeah, yeah. But so, this just goes, you know, familiar characters. So Rebecca Ronald just drops you straight into the mythology. Totally, yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah. even
1: think, about well, you know, I love this franchise, I'm writing this book, you got to love this as much as I, I know yeah, you yeah. love this as much as I do, let's just have fun together. Yeah, yeah.
0: She's yeah. spent time with Star Wars. You can tell that if you dig a bit deeper, you will see uh, somewhere in her biography, she um, credits her love of Star Wars yeah. to her brother lending her a, a Boba Fett figure when he was a kid. Right. And her love of Star Wars has grown from there and sort of that comes across in the book. It's a prop, book for fans written by a fan. Right. I, say, I said something like in the review, it's like a an old familiar warm blanket that yeah. feeling. That's it, you get that from the first chapter. There's old characters revisited, one you have of since the original trilogy. There's some new, sort of like, oh, that's a cool connection. Right. Yeah, so it's like, it's it's almost like a, it's relating this new trilogy to the old, whilst also. So, so, so it's bringing both trilogies together. Yeah, yeah, whilst oh, also, also advancing the story. Okay. Yeah. Find common ground between the two so you can push the story forward. Totally, yeah, yeah. Whilst, whilst also advancing it. To where we're gonna find ourselves in Rise of Skywalker in a few few weeks time. Not oh, a few weeks time. Next week. Oh my god! It's next week, isn't it? It's Next week. Wow. Next week. <laughs> it's getting it's getting exciting. It really is getting exciting now. I'm trying not to think about it <laughs> because if I think about it too much, it keeps you awake at night.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, oh, bad back, bad back and stuff <laughs> like that keeps you waking up uh, night enough without thinking. I need something else to keep me awake. No, No,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: well that's that's what it's done well i dare say i mean well, we were wrapping this up for christmas i would have thought and i dare yeah. say well, our next you. episode we would have seen it yeah yeah
1: what
0: changed change in our next episode we'll have a new government we'll know what the last of the star wars i couldn't give a shit about the new government if i'm honest i don't well, but, well I, mean, you know, I, mean, uh, I mean
1: i care if it's going to be like like naughty boris doing his <laughs> Nazi stuff and i hope boris. it's not yeah but um, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. We we'll yeah. just
0: have to vote with our consciousness. and I know I'm voting for. I say I say new government. I mean, it could be old. God, I yeah. hope not. But it could be old. We'll just have to wait and see. What By happens. the way, yeah, we yeah. it's gonna be a new world when we do our next uh, podcast. Uh, we'll be more. It'll be more Star Wars in our life, which is yeah. always good.
1: <laughs> we'll like cry our eyes out seeing like the Rise of Skywalker. It's come to an 42 years, and this <laughs> is it. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's 42 years of investment, time investment of fandom comes to an end. Next yeah. Week. You well, find done. out how the, is how the Skywalker saga ends.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's... Oh, man, that's depressing. Wow. That's a bit of a realisation. It's just been dropped on me. It will yeah, obviously it'll continue forward. in different... Uh, oh, Star Wars, will con- Star Wars yeah, yeah. itself will continue. Hmm. But the
1: Skywalker story ends next week. It's, it's like watching in The Last Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Luke finally disappears, disappears. <laughs> and it's a moment when he's when he does so and he's looking up he looks at the twin sons yeah yeah and it's just as it was in the beginning as it is in the end yeah you know that, that, where you he's introduced to at those twin sons and he fades into the force staring at those twin sons and you just think that was fitting yeah where are they gonna take it yeah after this yeah. and if, if you know Ryan Johnson didn't get anything else right you got that that ending was perfect yeah yeah oh for sure yeah you know, yeah you can, Piss about that about what he did to the film as much as he's like, I don't care, you're wrong, it's a Star Wars film. Yeah. Enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't like it, it's not my problem. Don't have to watch it. But he got you know, he got a lot right, far more right than he got wrong. Yeah. And that's all he's going to any director. Bah! Humbug!
2: Merry Christmas! And i am bah humbug
0: to you! Speaking of tears, I mean, um, I watched uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, did you cry? The Tiny Tim scene where... Did you, did you cry? <sighs> a little bit. Do you know what? Mickey, Mickey Mouse cries in there. How, yeah. how can I not cry? Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mouse shed a tear at the, the grave of tiny the Tiny Tim. There's a reason I
1: don't watch Brutal. Mickey's Christmas Carol, right? Yeah. And you've just summed it up. Because it's just like, uh, Hello, we're Disney. We're going to punch you extra. Especially hard in the heart today. And I love Disney. But they, they do have a way of karate chopping you straight in the field. Yeah. All the time. Because that's what they do,
0: that's what they do well. Well, yeah. I, What I didn't realise, this was like the last voice work Yeah. of Clarence Nash as Donald Duck. Yeah. It's the last every time he did it. Yeah. It's, um, it was directed by Bernie Matteson uh, who's still at Disney now. He's been at Disney since 1953. And I was looking at his influence. He basically he did My Childhood and he's done my He's been, like, at the forefront of my childhood. That's the thing. You look, my at these, kids look at these guys, these directors and the animators
1: who work for Disney. They yeah. very
0: rarely go anywhere else.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're doing what they love. And mm. uh, they're telling stories they want to tell. And they're with a company that treats them well. I mean, I know everybody goes, oh, Disney Monopoly and all this kind of shit. If you work for Disney, that's a golden.
0: Yeah, yeah. golden ticket, man. That's I mean, the uh, dream gig. Mattinson's been there. I mean, you look, you look at his uh, the movies he's worked with. He's worked in sort of, I think, started with like Robin Hood and stuff like that, and sort of. In this, yeah. He's been there since 1953, but his work started really with Robin Hood, Fox and the Hounds, so Mickey's he's, Christmas Carol. So he Coward. starts in the seventies and uh, yeah, an but, animator, he, but he? he's worked right up yeah. to sort of Big Hero Six. He's done Aladdin and all that, all the nineties, yeah. uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, he's been there for everything. But if you've got
1: someone who knows what they're doing, you're not going to cast them aside, and you're not going to throw them to one. You go, you don't know what you're doing. You can't do this because of age, because that Disney's not that kind of company. No, you know they're not. Oh well, you're you're over the hill. Yeah. You know, if you do something well, it yeah. doesn't matter how old you are, and that's one of the things that Disney's got over tons of other companies because you know, they uh, they they don't
0: give a shit how old yeah. they are. There's probably like um, a Dickens snob out there who will tell me the Christmas Carol is this, this, and that, but it's my favourite version of the Christmas of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just perfect. It's uh, it's stars, Bill Murray. So like, you know, he's, he's, oh he's, yeah, good
1: Yeah, so, yeah. You know, as long as you take away the message, I think the the Dickens, was, the overall message that Dickens was trying to convey, I don't see. You know, I know literary purists will go, well, you know, it's taken out of context and it's not too silly. <laughs> don't care. Don't give us yeah.
0: stuff. Yeah give us I'd rather my, my first I'd rather the ghost of Christmas uh, past be Jimmy Cricket yeah quite frankly
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's, you know I, I, I'd I, rather you know Johansson from the New York Dolls popping up in, in my version like, Yes. Yeah. so yeah damn I forgot his ears yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's crap cab driver yeah yeah of course yeah yeah and Carol Kane kicking the crap out of Bill Murray and I, I'm thinking you know I'd like to be Bill Murray at this point <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Remember Bill Murray thing going out through today's episode? Yeah, well, well I, can't I can't avoid again, the guy. The guy's a legend.
1: I mean, this Bill Murray. Bill Murray again. none of these actors sort of shapes your childhood because you got like stripes and Ghostbusters yeah. and and Scrooge and mm. um, God, Caddyshack, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. See, Groundhog Day is on still out. one of the funniest films ever. Oh, for
0: sure, yeah. yeah. He makes whatever. Well, it... It's a doozy. <laughs> He must be a nightmare though. Do you know if you're like you're, you're an actor and you're like, oh my god, I'm against Bill Murray or you know Bill oh, Murray? There's that famous story about when he has got an agent
1: and if you want to mm. cast him in something, he's just got an answering machine. <laughs> yeah. And so you phone him up and you get this answering machine. You leave your you leave your pitch there and if he likes it, he'll get back to you. He doesn't have an agent. He just goes, uh, and, uh, and he just chooses what he wants to do. He's a bit of a maverick in terms of in, Holly, in Hollywood yeah, terms. he's supposed to be a bit of a horror bag too. Oh he, yeah, yeah, moment, yeah, you know, yeah. He's just like you know completely. Uncooperative. Again, that's Crazy Dan Ackroyd's got a few stories about him. But they've all made up, they've all it's all water under the bridge now, so that's yeah. kinda nice in, in you know yeah. in Crazy Dan's life when he gets one of his flying saucers and talks to the ghosts and, <laughs> and stuff. But he he's funny to listen
0: to and if he believes in all that kind of stuff, more power to him. Sure. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. You've been um, checking out uh, Watchmen the series. Have though? you not watched it yet? I'm, I'm collecting them. So we've recorded, oh, dude. Wherever we're on, What is it? Will be five, ep- five Seven, episodes deep. Seven, eight days, tonight. Okay. Um, we're collecting them to watch it, in a sort of oh, binge watch it. Oh my goodness. So the movie was good. The movie was awesome. Yeah. The, the comic was badass. The well, movie the, was good. The film was just a, a shot for
1: shot retelling of the graphic novel. It's like, a, yeah. It's like a love letter to Alan Moore that Alan Moore does not acknowledge. You know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like. You know you're you the you're the fat kid who eats paste and likes lollipops right into the pretty girl in the <laughs> class. You know and you write. But you but you write this yeah. you know heartfelt wonderful letter and she just goes yeah <laughs> and throws it to yeah time. yeah and that's what Watchmen was like to, to Adam Moore. Yeah. Um, it's a great great film, but the series just it picks up like thirty years after the fact, so it picks up in two thousand and nineteen, and it's more a riff on sort of the rise of white power nationalists and racism in America and pushes how oh, okay. America this alternative America pushes back against that and subdues it and the repercussions that has and it's just you know what if the white man feels like he becomes the underdog you know, priv- yeah, the privileged yeah. male feels like I've had all my privilege stripped from me. what how does he react in that situation oh, okay. and it's an interesting story because it shows the barbarism and the totality and idiocy of that kind of philosophy so does it oh, go away oh, from the source, source material, it. or is it? Oh, deviates completely from the source material. When we, at the moment we reach a really crucial stage, where the latest episode is going to be incredible. Okay. Because they hit you with a real, with a cliffhanger, actually, it just goes, ha ha, this, this coming, did you? you go? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not see that coming a million miles away. <laughs> and anybody who tells you that they did, I am full of full of doo doo. Yeah, fibbers. Fibbers. <laughs> Porky pie merchants, <laughs> but you won't see it coming, okay, okay. But it's a really good series, and uh, it's Damon Lindelof from Lost, isn't it? Who's
0: done it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that's um, I I mean, you be, yeah, wherever you put Damon uh, Lindelof to his name, yeah, too, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, but so. he's done a remarkable job with this,
1: it's Excellent. easily won the series of the year, yeah. Oh, god, yeah, absolutely, it's been yeah. a good year for TV as well, yeah. so uh, this is this is. Punching list. way above its weight, you know, it's, it's like knocking out all contenders. Uh, come on, i go boom, <laughs> down. boom, take you
0: down, boom, take you down all the way along. Does BBC's His Dial Materials make that list of the best series? Yeah, uh, no, no, but it's, no, good.
1: it's good, yeah, it's good, but it's not one of the best, series. it's not a top, top no. drawer. No, best thing about it, yeah, Lin-Manuel around as Lisa Cosby. okay, yeah, but then you know, I'm a massive. Pullman. Oh, sorry, me, yeah. so. well, I love the Pullman box. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm a massive Lin fan because of Hamilton anyway. So, so again, does this go from. Does this deviate much from the. Uh... Yeah, because kind of. Alright, so this first part is supposed to be about one character where they bring it, trying to bring another character into it who shouldn't really be in there until the Sutton Knife, which is the second part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of. Oh, really? Why are you doing that? It feels a bit forced. Okay Um, but The girl playing in Lyra is fantastic I don't see how Ultimately if, if it goes the course If it goes the distance hmm. How they're going to Put Philip Pullman's Ultimate screw you moment To organise religion in there Yeah Because that's basically what it is Sometimes Yeah 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 screw you To organise religion whole Can thing you see thing. the bees so, doing that? I hope they do Yeah yeah um, Can I see them doing it? No nope. But it is just like oh, God hey Yeah <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah And yeah. that's what the whole thing's about It's about Um the way religion tries to religion tries to control the population and bring it into its own narrow-minded ideology, without ex- without exploring other ideas and without thinking about how science or anything else affects okay. the world. You know, it's, it's a very polarized view that everybody should conform to. Okay. Like totalitarianism,
0: really. And- Part of it was um, filmed in Wales, wasn't it, in Ponticlina. All of it was filmed in Wales. All of it was filmed in Wales, Most
1: right? of it, Yeah Mostly, yeah. Because one of the studios here, and they, they've used Stormy down, they've used other quarries, like, large oh, okay. quarries and stuff to film. Yeah, it's it's mostly filmed in Wales. In Wales,
0: you bet. but... <laughs> yeah, we well, like that, smashing.
1: See? Oh, we does like We it. We likes a bit of film in the do. valleys, we do. I,
0: I loved him in Doctor Who's Cardiff all the time. Yeah, I, I bet you did. Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a mate, see, right? <laughs> Called Nathan. Now Nathan's the biggest Doctor Who fan you'll ever meet in your life, right? And Doctor Who was fil- I'm not going to that accent. Continue. Doc- <laughs> Doctor Who was filmed in call.
2: Okay. The rest
1: and Nathan used to work there, and um, so Nath spent eight hours waiting for Capaldi, <laughs> and then he gets him, and he's in this photograph. Of him. And there's Nathan Grilling his face off like Yeah And Skapaldi left him looking terrified <laughs> <laughs> a, what, And what if I let myself in for With fandom And Nathan is literally The biggest Doctor Who fan I've met in my life I'd be terrified If somebody waited 8 hours For me as well Oh yeah Nathan's a good bloke man. He's yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> yeah. He's funny He's just he's, But he is His fandom level Doctor Who is is Massive Next level. I mean he knows stuff You You know People who have written Doctor Who Wouldn't even know about the show Okay because He is literally at that point where Yeah he, yeah Yeah I know it all I, it's,
0: I love that level of him. Um, if you've got a question
1: about Doctor Who audio, do. It's like, Nathan, what's this mean? Oh, that's blah, 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 blah. And that's why this happened, this happened, this led to this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. He's just, it's like an, he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of Doctor Who. I like that commitment, though. I like that sort of commitment. Oh, mate, you. Yeah. Nathan is just next level. <laughs> Lovely bloke. Proper next level Who fan. Cool,
2: Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Pet Brick, Cavalera Conspiracy. And you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Should
0: we have a trap or what? Yeah, let's have a track. Okay, Stick it in there. Okay, check it out. This is Wake the Dead with an eye for an eye out on Engineering Records now. Boom. Okay, cool, let's keep it with music then. Let's keep it festive. Yeah. We're not gonna we're gonna bypass all that cheesy uh crap. And we're gonna look at the Bad Religion Christmas album. Because it's one of the greatest records I've ever recorded. And do you know what I'm I i had not listened to it in a while and I, I had it on today and I can I concur. It really is. <laughs> it's it's the best
1: Christmas album ever. And that's not just because it's bad religion. Yeah. Well it is, but it and <laughs> but it's awesome because it's is it is it it's a weird dichotomy. A band you'd never expect to re- release a Christmas album, Bad Religion. Yeah. Um, but it's taking joy in the songs and make everybody happy and just
0: yeah giving them an extra dose of energy, and that's
1: what it's all about. And it's just so much fun. I mean, but I, they've
0: made it. they they've made Christmas. There's all these. There's like um little drummer boy. Yeah. Oh come All you faithful. They've yeah. turned them into Bad Religion songs. Hot it's not. Do yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 Bad Religion style. It's not like. Yeah, but, you know, it's not like they start in, like, you know, singing in um, operatic or any of that. Yeah. Um. There's no strings involved. It's just like, no. oh, let's just bang them out. Yeah. And that's what they do. It's a bad religion album. But it, it's, it's one of those
1: things that just came out of the blue, because I didn't, I don't think anybody knew it was going to be released. Uh, there you go, there it is. a And like a load of the proceeds. were going to a uh, charity that gave money to the victims of paedophile priests. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. a, 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 a percentage of the profits, like it's, it's it's a really high percentage of profits goes to that charity. So it's just like saying, Ha ah, church yeah. we'll take the things you could out of the music and we'll make it really good. Yeah. But we're gonna use that to put money towards the things that you to, to combat the evil you've put into the world.
0: It's a couple of years out old now as well, isn't it? Uh,
1: six
0: yeah. Six months I say six years old. So I'm yeah. I'm uh, I sort of discovered this a couple of years ago. So when it first came out, was it like uh, was it the punk purists? What were their reaction to it?
1: Not as outrageous as you'd expect. Was cause, that because the money
0: was going to a good cause? Yeah, and it's not just that, it's because you
1: know, even punks enjoy Christmas. <laughs> do
0: they really? Some of them do. I think but, bad religion have got to that sort of echelon as well, where they can do no wrong as well
1: yeah well, in my eyes they they haven't been able to do it wrong well since 1986 <laughs> so it's, it's it's like you know apart from no substance which is you know the most aptly named album of all time <laughs> um they are they have become like like, like lost in front of the godfathers of hardcore bad and become the godfathers of punk rock
0: okay i think
1: because they they've found their niche they found their sound and they just do what they do and they do it really well yeah yeah you know? It's like um, Logan says, you know, I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's um, it's a it's a great arm. If you want something a bit different, sort of, uh, than you know, all the usual Christmas pap. <laughs> better, it's better than Rob Halford's Christmas arm. I'm better than Twisted Sister's Christmas arm, metal. Ah, uh, no, I know. I think Mike Davis might uh, might disagree with that. Well, oh, he can disagree as much as he likes. He's wrong. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike always. <laughs> <laughs> <He'd> be listening. <laughs> nice
1: game of ball of conkers, Mike. Nice game of conkers. <laughs>
0: I know he listens to this, so he'll be listening to this yeah. in his car. But he's got, that's going to make him happy now. Yeah. He'll pull over and play with himself, I bet you. Looking with solo baller of
1: <laughs> oh, oh, happy Mike, happy Mike. Oh, sex noises time, sex noises time. <laughs> <laughs> <It'd> be, so <laughs> be like Jimmy Savile on Helium. Oh, now then, now then, now then. What's Michael
0: doing? Michael's touching himself. Oh, happy days. So yeah, Bad Religion Christmas album, thumbs up on us oh, for us. Sure.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. I, there's not in the run up to Christmas when I'm overwhelmed with the joy and happiness that my family feel, which I don't share <laughs> about this festive period. This sort of puts, you know, my happy, my happy, it takes me to my happy place. It me in your happy
0: place. Yeah, That's can only not, be a good thing.
1: Which is not the same as watching cheesy in Channel Five films and all that kind of stuff. I can't, I can't. No, it's just. <laughs> I like the classics. No. oh I like the class because I'm going to you know it's a wonderful life I got, oh, I saw, I I saw that was... in the cinema on um... release <laughs> that's right I'm that old zinger Ow. boom uh, oh I wish that had been funny how I wish that had been funny it just wasn't oh I thought it funny come on <laughs> well, yeah but you, you find looking at yourself in the bathroom oh, really funny so you know you can't <laughs> that's no you saw it in the cinema when it got re-released about two years ago um, okay. And they put it on like for one night only, and just watching It's a Wonderful Life on the big screen was just one well, another another weepy moment. Mm, yeah. And it was just wonderful. You're thinking, this is how it would have been when it was originally released, yeah. when it was originally shown. And you can't help but just marveling the minutiae of the story. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's, I, that's I love those old movie movies.
0: It's, they are like a window in time. It's like going back in time for a. Two hours watching
1: old movies. Yeah, but it takes you back to your childhood as well. You know, when Christmas was actually a magical period yeah. when you, when you know, you were excited about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I like Christmas. I think it's quite happy, quite jolly. But I like the time off more than anything else. Um, <laughs> you know, I,
0: I like it. I mean, I like being able to switch,
1: like to switch the PC off, switch it down, and mm-hmm. not have to think. Well, I like being able to just spend time with people I give a shit about, or watch what I want to watch, or read books. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or just do that. I just
0: like to be away from the hullabaloo. As it were. I like the gen generally. You know, the world seems to be a bit of a happier place throughout throughout December. You know, there's yeah. A, there's a little little bit more uh, good spirit about about the world. Uh, I would
1: agree with that because I find, uh, people as much as they say, oh man, I'm always going to be there for you and all that kind of stuff. People are generally full of crap. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can you don't find people who will follow through with what they say.
0: Yeah. That's all. To, Apart yeah. from
1: like sometime in December when everybody's willing to listen, everybody's willing to
0: Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Put the
1: personal petty crap to one side and move on and, and do that. hmm And also what I like in December is you get to go I got get to go to the when and make poggles, right? <laughs> and we <we've, laughs> so <laughs> Saturday we went to the cross Inn in my steak. Okay. Which is a new one to me. And he discovered it. He discovered like three weeks ago. When I say discovered it, it's like... It, it didn't suddenly appear out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> um, but they, they've got a brewery attached. And they were doing this pint of sort of toffee stout, treacle stout. Yeah. Called treacle toes, And we were on that all day Saturday. God, it's good. Yeah? Yeah. Sweet. It sounds sweet. Um, Not cleanly so. It's more of an aftertaste. Okay. Um, But it's really good. And the price is there. It will just make you... Yeah, I'm staying here all day. I'm not going nowhere else. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. So experience. instead of, you know, like, if you go to, my, I, I like, like, hipster beer, I do. I like craft beer. I like, yeah. don't mind paying, you know, six, seven quid yeah. for a pint. But when you're paying three quid for better. a pint that's just as good, yeah, yeah, yeah you're going, yeah, I can stay here all day. Yeah, I, can get, I can get twice as hammered yeah. <laughs> <I> on. <don't laughs> I don't need to, need to, to move. move. I, got twi- I get twice as hammered on my budget as I could usually like. This is going to be brilliant. Did you do the job? Did you stagger home? I didn't stagger. I got a lift home. But we had to get a lift up, and you know, we were interrupted before we could get any further and cause any more trouble or mayhem. So <laughs> cut them off now, send them on their way, and we're not banned, and we can go back then.
0: So. Yeah. All good, life. So, this was this uh, after you'd interviewed uh, Mr. Butt. Oh, this is this is after I interviewed uh, Giz, yeah, 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 yeah. Giz uh, Butt. Legendary, I think. I think no, it's... absolutely legendary. No, yeah. there's
1: no. Doubt about it. Giz is is a.
0: Don't um, like throwing that term around. Legendary, but there's some no, people he who deserve, it. Yeah, yeah he it. Um, English Dogs, Dennis Stark, Desecrators, uh, Prodigy, Prodigy, yeah, uh, Steve Ignorant,
1: War Dance. Well, he's probably just about everybody. On
0: and on it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and um, on oh, the more I see with, with his metal band, he did like three or four records with that. Right. Yeah, SPV
0: yeah. so you um, got to have a little chat with him, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I've known him since fifteen.
0: Okay. So. Well, just on
1: the punk scenes from. Well, no, well, his band at the time, the Desecrators. So this is eighty-seven, I was eighty-seven,
0: eighty-eight.
1: Yeah. Um, were actually on the very first Peaceful release, Peaceful Records. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a flexi seven-inch. Yeah. So there were four bands: there were the English Dogs, um, Lord Crucifier, I think, and a couple of other bands I don't remember. Not the English Dogs, Desecrators, Lord Crucifier, a couple of other bands, and. The best band on them were the desecrators so i they had the addresses and stuff on this flexi um which i ordered from hammy from Peterborough. it was like 50 pence right so you put a pound in the post and he'd send you this oh man flexi. good please um so yeah so i wrote to wrote a letter to giz to try and get the the desecrators down and he sent me the desecrators demo with a live set uh they recorded in peterborough nice on the other side, and we sort of been... We've writing back for a while, and we've sort of been loosely in touch ever since then. And yeah. So, yeah, so I've known Giz since I was... Yeah,
0: 15, 32 years. Cool. And he's... he's yeah, he is a legend. Let's have a listen, then, Yeah. Okay, cool. This is Gisbert.
1: So, I'm assuming that most folks have an inkling about who you are, but for those who don't, would you like to tell the world a little bit about yourself? Okay,
2: I'm Gisbert, and probably mostly known for playing with the Prodigy during the years of uh, 1996 and 2000. Right. But prior to that, I was the guitarist of the Destructors and uh, in the '84, I joined the English Dogs. Always had a bit of punk and heavy metal ideas. I'm a guitarist, you know, and uh, been playing some I was 11 years old, right? And um, I kind of like got the inspiration from my brother, my elder brother. He was a guitar as well, and uh, so I used to kind of pick up his guitar and just have a go, right? And and then one one day, I just tried to beat out a tune. I remember like uh, I picked up his acoustic. There was always a guitar lying around the house, right. And I remember just like picking this guitar up one day, just kind of like just just trying to find the notes. Like that. Which is, you know, the Beatles, She Loves You. Yeah, she
1: loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) into Hendrix and Pink Floyd and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, which I, you know
1: I liked it as well. And, um, With this new Janis Stark record, Giz. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: What? Why did it take you two decades to put the band back together? Why did it take two decades to just want to do it again? You know
2: what? <laughs> yeah. Coming down. Oh, okay. Um, you, you know, I, I did get a lot of anxiety from that. I just kind of like felt I'd been in, the, I'd seen this other world, and I wasn't going to see it anymore. And you know, I was kind of not really knowing what to do and where to go. Okay. So, and I was writing songs, and they were a bit, uh, they, they were lackluster. Uh, the, the first Jane of Stark album, I was very happy with that, and I was proud of it. Right. Um, but the songs I was writing after that, you know, like trying to write a second album, okay. Quite a lot of them. Quite a lot of them were they were lacking. Um, and I remember one of my friends coming up to me, and it's this guy in London. This, um, he's a close friend. He was a fan of Jane Stark and he came up and he goes, "Guess, you know, what's going on?" And, you just sound like a very poor glam rock band. And I thought, Fuck it hell! Now if anyone's insult giving you a good insult, then that's one. You
1: know. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. So that I think then what happened shortly after that was um, a guy called Ben Calvert came to my house, right? And uh, he was playing drums for a band called Kill To This. Yeah, they were metal.
1: Yep, I know them.
2: Yeah. yeah. A, a, a Yorkshire metal band. Yeah. So he came round and we started jamming. And then the next thing, you know, I was coming up with some kind of, uh, some kind of, um, uh, like, I, think I came up with some riff. So
1: I started writing, again, in a more kind of metally y way. So that's where the More I see came in, was it? That's when the
2: More see started coming in. Right. And then at the same time, I had a guy from the States called Spenny, Spenny Bullen. And right. he, he dropped me an email, and he said, um, is there any chance of bringing the English Dogs over and doing some of that to the ends of the earth stuff? And I said, well, no, not really, because we've all fallen out. Right. And, and, and I said, but look, I could bring the band over, and we'll play the stuff, but we can't be called the English Dogs. And uh, so we named the band At War, was that... which was kind of an you abbreviation did... of... Didn't yeah. you
1: do, do a record with Malt Soda oh, as Out War? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, but it was, um, it was like, you know, the English drugs album, All the Worlds Are Rage, at war. Right. So, and if you, I mean, that album that we did, All the Worlds Are Rage, was a precursor to the Jane of Sight first album. So, yeah, so what if you bring everything around, I've spent a long time going off the path and playing around with, with some metal stuff. Uh, and then I got the phone call from Steve Ignorant saying, I want to do this one final Crass World Tour. Right. And, uh, and I, you know, I was blown away because I'm a massive fan of Crass. So I said, yeah, I, I'd love to do that because I know all your songs. Not only that, but I know how to play them. And, and in fact, I can play both guitar parts on one guitar, you know. Right, right. So that was great. Uh, that, that really helped me to just kind of get get myself back. Right. Bear in mind, all the time I was still coming down from where I'd been.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm still sort of like experimenting and thinking that maybe the metally thing was where I'm going to go because the English Dogs, there seems to be something for it. Straight after the craft thing, we did an English Dogs tour 2012. USA tour and that was very good right that was again one of the highlights you know if i was going to put things in highlights of my career then in there there would be the the, the whole class last supper experience which was a real highlight right um the english dogs 2012 american tour that was very good as well and uh, of course some of the prodigy stuff yeah. Mainly because it was a different experience Not really, you know But the Jaina Stark album Was the album That I that i just reached this point in Where I had to question what I was doing
1: And I had to say What kind of legacy do I want to leave behind Right, so I got it, yeah, yeah It's almost so like I want to leave... It's almost like you were lost in the wilderness For for a period, you know what I mean You, you You're trying to find out who you were again
2: I mean, being asked to join the Prodigy was a big deal, and I, I said yes because I wanted to, you know, see this, you know, just try this thing, you know, just yeah. give it a go. Like, see, it's gonna, obviously, it's going to be exciting, you know, but from many years of trying to make things work with the English dogs felt well, I was bashing my head against the big wall and not being accepted, you know, because everyone wanted to see Wakey. Yeah. Uh, and, By default, I'd become the lead singer of the band, although that was a good time. And I felt like people were beginning to accept me as the singer. And then, at that very moment, the prodigy asked me to join them. So I thought, well, let's try this out. And it was three majorly big years. And then all those other things that happened in between. And then, you know, like Grass and that English Dogs tour. And then I just reached this pivotal point. My wife actually said to me, she said, you know, English yeah, Dogs album, the Jane Austen album, sorry, yeah. Great Adventure Cigar, that is what's given you the most happiness. And I started writing again. It was when David Bowie died, I started writing again. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt a bit bereaved when he died.
1: What? Um, it, i have g- met him. Yeah. Spent a bit of time
2: with him, and he'd even kind of watched me playing with the prodigies from the side of the stage. And, you know, when I come off, he's like, that's fucking great. I really like your style. And, you know, being told that kind of thing by David Bowie. Wow. I remember doing a festival. David Bowie, this comes and makes a beeline for me. And he says, come, and come backstage. I want you to see what Reeves is doing. You know, because Reeves was the guitarist at the time. Right, right. And Reeves was kind of using various grades of emery cloth to sand down his plectrums and david david bowie just said look at this look at, you know he needs to he needs to get some advice from a guitarist like you about to really do it and i just i felt embarrassed you know yeah, yeah. but it's very sweet it's a you know it's a sweet memory to have but he, so he... when he died you know
1: he had that kind of impact on everyone who met him though, because I remember like hearing Henry Rollins talk about him and other people who've met him. And they said he yeah. they all said he made you feel like you were the most special person in the world at that time. You he know?
2: was very good
1: at that. Yeah. He did. Okay, so did the name of the band come from the comic book character? I've always of course. So of course. So how, sure. so how does it relate to everything? So how does it relate to everything? Because he was an escapologist, wasn't he? A sort of escapologist and a and a writer of wrongs, you know? Was it Victorian England?
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, I was Victorian England because I think um, I think the artist is French. Right. So, so it could be Paris, but you know, the comic was Valiant, and hmm. uh, I've got a bunch of annuals. But really, Tim, it was literally just a case of collecting ideas for names. Right. You know, I was thinking the real name of the band should be Amos Star. <laughs> uh, and it's just being
1: misspelled with this J and this K. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh. because... Oh. <laughs> right, I mean, this brings us now to the new record. <laughs> Sorry, mate. New record, Angel in the Flames. So, mate, I, I, where, where do you come up with the idea to sort of... Fuse mid '60s beat with melodic pop punk, because that's exactly what it sounds like. It's like a collision of the two.
2: Okay, well let me, let me. I've got the guitar in my hands now, so yeah. I can sort of like play you a couple of things. Right. Um, oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so like on the first the Park album. Every little thing counts. Right. Which has got this kind of intro, which is just like. Right. Which is that nice, summery sounding kind of chordy riff. Right. Which it, it isn't a million miles away from. That
1: paperback writer
2: it's just it's got similarities but one of the reasons why is because it sounds summary right that's the reason why Um, and when I was doing the new album you know there was a few things like there's there's one of the songs that's got this kind of uh, like a
1: Right, Mama. yeah. No, you, you, that's it, because it goes where you don't expect it to go. The weird thing about the record is it's, it's got a really bright sort of, as you said, summary sound, which almost seems to me as a beautiful dichotomy to the lyrical themes and subjects that you are utilising on the record.
2: Well, you, you know, basically I've been collecting musical ideas because, you know, I'm new, doing these things helps me relax. Right. You know and, and that that's, that's good because that means I'm, if, if I'm gonna be able to relax with, with this you know then it stops me from getting depressed and just thinking in a, just thinking inside myself in this very kind of like circular inward way and just getting negative and getting wrapped up in it you know right I can u- I can use that issue which I guess is like OCD but you know a kind of like circular thinking mm. I can use that with, when I'm getting into a musical idea. And quite often like when I go on holiday for instance, like if I go to if I go to somewhere like France or if I go to Spain, I'll always tune in to the local radio stations. Right. And I'll just listen for hours to local music. I when I say local music, I mean, you know, I mean the folk kind of you know, like the very, very local stuff. Yeah. Uh, like in Spain if you tune into the local radio, you'll get a lot of flamenco and a lot of Domenico influence, but you'll get some really unusual things. I remember hearing this this tune on the radio in Spain, and it was just, you know, <laughs> it was like that, with this kind of rhythm. And I just thought, you know, I love them chords, because these chords, you know, I love that sound. Again, it sounds almost like out of tune, but it sounds a bit epic. And when it goes up to this, like, wow. And then it goes up one more. So I turned it into this. Like um... that. Right. You know, you've got a, obviously. I'm always going to give a nod to classic, classic punk, you know, my favorite bands of the 70s. You know, I'm always going to give a nod to that, right? So, you know, on that one, uh, the, the a song called Murderous Rights, and it's got this kind of. I mean, you can have a, you can have a guess who you think that sounds. That, like,
1: that's going to be the rut, mate.
2: Well, I never. Well, you've got it, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was kind of, like, fusing these ideas together, So, sort of being on the holiday and then giving it this kind of mysterious, sort of, I guess, Spanish influence sound. Yeah, yeah. And then putting in there... And then these... That kind of thing, but
1: see, it's those melodies, those melodies then make you sort of put you at ease, and then the lyrics kick in. And then when you realize what you're actually singing about, it's like wow, and it just forms that sort of juxtaposition. Well, I I do struggle with
2: lyrics, right? And one of the reasons why is because it's like similar to music. I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of our punk friends, they they might not resonate with the music as much as well they do the lyrics. And I always try and get into both, right? Heavily, you know, and the lyrics, I believe, you know, if you're going to write a lyric and it, you know, and put it out into the public domain, it should be very true. It should be speaking like you are representing. Yourself and your world. Don't. I mean, you know, when you write a song, you could put temporary lyrics in just to get the thing going.
1: Yeah.
2: You, you know, just to just to make a start. You know, basically just lyrics that are a bit bullshit, a little bit throwaway. away right. you'd, you'd hope to replace them at a later date, you know. But if you never do, then you've just got these crap lyrics, and I, I really couldn't handle that. I didn't want to have lyrics that were literally just all they were with vowel sounds, you know? That's it, just a nice sound. Right. Because, of course, we know that that goes on a lot, don't we? You know, there's <laughs> a lot of bands oh, yes. their lyrics. The lyrics have got a nice sound, you know, because of their use of the vowels and so on. But when you actually listen to the lyrics and put the words in front of you, you think, oh, mate, it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you kind you, of you yeah, like... Do that teeth-sucking thing because you go, no, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to sing that live. Nah, I don't think so, man. You know it's what a mean? Shame. Yeah.
2: And of, of, course, you, you, know, I felt again, first Jane of Stark album, it, it worked. Yeah. And, uh, and then after that, I did a few things that were okay.
1: Yeah. But
2: then there was a few things that, I, you know, I can't really listen to them back. I mean, there was a few songs that the more I see, did, that, no, they were, some of them were okay. Some of them could have been Jada Stark songs. In fact, they were written at the very last 2002 at the end of that period of Jaina Stark.
1: That last English Dogs album you did as well, the sort of yeah. really crossover one, that's a good record. You know, it's yeah. a really, really good record. But it, again, that sounds more like it's from, so like that late 80s crossover period, you know, like what the accused yeah. would do with Martha's Maddest stories, that kind of thing. That's, I think that's where that was at. I could see you yeah, going mean, back towards more, more back towards punk rock with that record.
2: I think it, it was a good record but I just really badly needed to get back to Jana Stark, you know.
1: Yeah. It wasn't where your heart was at at the time.
0: No. It wasn't
2: where my heart was. I, was thinking, I think uh, when we did the 2012 tour that was really good. I was so glad that we did that. Yeah. Because I, I think that had been bugging me for a long time. You know, we haven't never toured the forward into battle album and we should have done. we didn't do it you know all we did was just played like maybe four songs off it and that was it we should do the whole album and and we did and i was so glad that we did that because that's like an ambition fulfilled and i I think we did a fine job and we went out with a great of other bands that you know the Casualties that were brilliant you know and it was it was a good time
1: do you think that's laid the English Dogs ghost to rest feud do you think you can finally say that's what it was and I can move on from that now or do you think there's still life left in the English Dogs
2: no I I'd, I'd definitely what I'm doing now just feels ten times more genuine for me
1: right
2: lots of reasons um, mainly because I don't know I've kind of the the riffs that we're doing now I just feel you know more at home with them I think I've had a great time playing all those you know sort of heavy metal riffs yeah yeah because you know as a player you know they kind of uh, they they certainly push you I mean you know some of the you know like for instance I go back to um, Woodin's Battle Album Um, Final Conquest that song with that chord sequence it's got that
1: very influenced by Discharge one. Right. Um,
2: And you might not have been able to tell because there's always this other thing that comes in with it. Um, Wall of Steel, um, that's definitely not a typical thrashy riff. It's definitely more American hardcore. It's definitely. You know, maybe a touch of Bad Brains going on in there, maybe a little bit of Scream, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you've got this kind of...
1: Right, uh, thing is though... I see. I I always yeah. thought of the English Dogs and Broken Bones as pioneering the crossover movement here. Yeah,
2: crossover.
1: And you know, to me that was fantastic. Cause I, I came from metal into hardcore and punk rock, and it's sort of made that bridge easier to cross. Sure, I mean I totally
2: get you. On the new album, yeah, um, there's a song called Shuffle in the Pack, and uh, it's it's a drop Q, when you play a drop D, you can actually, instead of playing your regular chord shapes, you know, like your D, your A, your G, all those kind of things, you can actually use one finger across the E, A, and D string. That one finger will
1: produce a, um, you know, a power chord. Right. So, what that can do
2: is it enables you to do a chord sequence pretty quick, you know. That's that kind of thing would take a lot more effort with you
0: know standard tuning and you can listen to part two of tim's chat with gizbutt uh, on the next episode if you're looking for the best new bands, punk and hardcore have to offer look no further than engineer records sponsors of mass movement presents awesome year for music and yeah, uh, we're going to sort of uh, wrap it up a little bit now with some uh, of you know, our best albums of 2019. Just go on, you go first. What was your... My, my best album? You've got, the go on, you got to choose one, did yeah. well, one album? No, no, no. Just yeah, oh, so the,
1: My absolute best album
0: 2019. Yeah. Bad
1: Religion, Age One Reason. End of story. End of story. Yeah. Okay. Join us next week. <laughs> 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 it's it's, it's going to be Emily's best album of 2019. It's, I know it's not, but it's... It's, it's a it's just bad religion, do what bad religion do, and yeah. if you love bad religion, you're going to love this record, it is just bad religion, do the yeah. what they do best, do what they do best, yeah. and it's
0: fantastic, and nobody can compete with that, if they're a no. band on form, nobody can touch them, I mean, Lagwagon like, released an album this year, and that was yeah.
1: stupendous, but it's not as good as the new bad religion album, so
0: on, on the that, same sort of vibe, uh, the Melancholy album was phenomenal, that's a crack. I see, that's a band I never sort of, um, really dug, I just thought they were, sort of average, they were right, but, uh, this album yeah fantastic album absolutely brilliant it's, really yeah. enjoyed it i go with Sacred Reich Awakening it's a good record it's not one of my best records it's um I listened to it I liked it and it's just grown on me since it's an absolute banger I loved it sort of great. it's been good you have a thrash I mean we've had Exordid new album another great record yeah
1: yeah yeah but I,
0: I you know I am not I'm
1: not a mindset where I want to relive my thrash glory days okay you know I love the thrash records my favorite thrash album of the year is the acid rain record
0: yeah yeah yeah, oh, By far. yeah, yeah you know yeah. i
1: did i would go as far as to say it's better than the new x-ray record it's better than the new Sacred write album.
0: it was a good year for comebacks uh life of agony i thought come back with a i still a, best... that. i still haven't heard that record i you know, check it out man it's um it's their best working years i think They've yeah are... no i've
1: i've no doubt but it's life of agony to me are a moment in time I yeah, there's one perfect record which I will return to time and time and time and time again River,
0: runs red. River runs red yeah and it's I mean the new album is, to be fair it's not replicating now but it's as close as you're going to get was that that thing the other day the
1: pop, that popped oh, up I wish I could see Biohazard that Biohazard the original Biohazard yeah nah. no because it. It, it, w- it wouldn't work yeah and the thing is Billy Billy Bio Billy Graziardi is having the is doing his thing now and he's yeah. doing it so well that he's doing it I think on a level that he's just enjoying it so much more than yeah. he, he was with Biohazard. Free,
0: Freedom's never free. So, yeah. oh, absolutely brilliant. And you know
1: what a record. Yeah. Literally what a record. Yeah. That, just... I mean, I knew the record was going to be good, but <laughs> I didn't expect it to be that good. Yeah. I'm, if you're uh, looking you know, for Biohazard moments, that's, like
0: that's, that's all, all over probably, it, Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's is uh, that's as good as anything the band have done since Urban Discipline. Yeah. Yeah. i would say it's as good as urban discipline it's as defining a record of a man's musical yeah
0: yeah creativity sure.
1: as urban discipline was
0: ramala that album is uh, uh
1: that's see that i think that is uh roblin's ode to blood for blood that's yeah that's him saying you want blood for blood let's do blood for yeah blood. yeah it was like a rebirth um, wasn't it, it was a, yeah yeah and it's just superb yeah into it. i mean i you know blood for blood for me are one of those bands that just define everything how you Know angry nihilistic hardcore mm. when it really gets in your soul, it, it stays there. For good and the blood for blood are the antithesis with along with Shit. not the antithesis, there's the, the, the sort of spirit of that, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you got all the PMA stuff is the antithesis that these bands like Blood for Blood and Shit Terror were the bands that captured that perfectly. And, and mm. Ramala have carried on that spirit. And I hope Ramala keep doing what keep doing this. I don't know if it was the last gasp of street rock and roll, I, I just keep doing it, yeah just, yeah, just keep.
0: Doing, doing it yeah, keep
1: you keep doing it you do that better than anybody right? you, <laughs> yeah. and Paul, you and Paul from Sheer Terror do that better than anybody out there yeah for literally, sure and you know
0: keep doing just be who you are it's just uh, it's one of those albums just, first listen just sticks in your head yeah straight away um, it just kicks you kicks your square yeah and you're like the first track like, I can't wait for the second the first track like, I can't wait for the second track the second well, track's it, awesome it's it like, just kicks you square not it oh, oh for just, sure yeah. and it keeps stamping on me and you go yes please sir may I have another <laughs> please, sir, may I have another um, Ignotic Front, that yeah. was another return to form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we caught him live as well a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, phenomenal yeah. record. Um, at this stage in their career. How they can keep like producing records that are that good and,
1: and playing shows that are just bashing by that. Cause it's just, that's how hardcore should be. Yeah. Yeah. To me, you know, I, yeah. I might be old, I might be better and I might be, f- but I can give a shit like that is, to me, it's, it's everything it should be, you know? And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Old City. Um, well, they do the seven inches and stuff. Mm, and yeah, keep, yeah,
0: yeah. Kicking um,
1: it proper old school. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That know, and, Andrew from Strife.
1: Andrew Klein is just... I, that guy... As you, if you cut him open, he what? If you cut him, does he not bleed hardcore? Yes, <laughs> yeah, does. yeah, he, he's got hardcore in his DNA. He just got riffs to spare, has not he? It's not even that. He is just he feels it. I guess it's yeah part and parcel of who he is. It's part of his DNA. You can't separate Andrew Klein from hardcore. Yeah, um, true story. Yeah. yeah, true story. He's done with the kids. Hey, yeah,
0: <laughs> Shut have with my attempt at being cool, man. Oh, we're not cool. <laughs> totally cool. Municipal Waste, I won this year, did not it? you won this year. Yeah, it's new EP. Yeah, a new EP. Right. Well, that's just Municipal Waste being Municipal Waste, and that is just awesome. It seems to be the bit of a trend, I don't know, the EP. Not that's the way the... Yeah,
1: because what's the point of... Crom- it's like Chromex for you... instance. Yeah, but if you through... don't have a full album, if you don't want to write a full album, just focus your absolute best tracks and put them out as an EP. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, Municipal Waste so busy with Iron Raiden and Reagan every other bloody band they do. That you can't even keep up. my you know, I'm breaking and Bat and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep up with them. I yeah. can't keep up with their the prodigious musical output.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that's right. I mean, we we never we, I don't remember the first time they came over, and seeing them at the junction. Yeah. Because I cause I knew Tony, um, and him trying to get me to go on tour with them. Thinking if I went on tour with these lunatics now, there's no way I'd survive. I think that's one of the greatest, best decisions <laughs> ever made. Bless I would have loved to have experienced it. But your liver uh, wouldn't, but, wouldn't you have know, survived it. No, not a hope of <laughs> that. It was not just my liver wouldn't have it. It's just like, you know, I. They, you know, death, I smoke.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't have made it past the bomb stage.
0: I'd have to. Um, <laughs> the bomb stage. No. <laughs> I'd have to chuck in the pepper gum as well. There's something a bit of sort of left field. Uh, <sighs> Old Eagle Cavalero doing his, uh, his noise thing, ministry style. It is. You
1: yawn, love it. Yawn City, Mike. Absolute <laughs> Yawn City. And it's not, you know, I, I don't get that thing i just don't i'm going to listen to that kind of song i'm going to listen to i'm, to no and I'm not going to listen to anything else because you know it's like people say oh ministry you should listen to ministry <laughs> one good song and then a couple of collaborations with other people that are great does not make a great band i've seen ministry they bought the
0: piss out of me sean mckee once uh, described uh, industrial music to me perfectly and uh, you know, back this is going back over 20 odd years, and I swear to God, I oh, stuck with me forever. He said, "Um, it sounds like a, a bin full of spanners being rolled down the stairs,"
1: <laughs> and he's not wrong. Yeah, huh? <laughs>
0: that's stuck with me forever.
1: though. Because it's just, yeah, that's absolutely spot on, and that's the proper Seanism. Yeah, if just because he would be one of those dry moments he came up with because he'd be talking about something else. Go, you know what industrial music's like because <laughs> he does it. He does it like Craig Satari does. You know people say, oh, you got Sattariisms and all that. Kind yeah, of yeah. So, it's machism. yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, yeah, because he's just yeah. he's exactly the same. You'll just come and you'll go. You know what industrial music? It just sounds like da da da, and it comes from out of nowhere. See, yeah. and he just pops in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to put in the uh, the Russian circles album as well again. You're probably not a fan. <laughs> uh, blood Year, great album. I love that one. It's it's uh, a noise Dooms. So
1: it's doing. not me. I mean, I. The accused they did a new record out this year, and that's just that's that's a killer record. Yeah, that was
0: good. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And um, that's them just being doing what they do, and that is like splatter rock and go go like yeah
2: nah, 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 Let's go
1: straight down. <laughs> and it makes you. If it makes you want to dance, that's what I I like.
0: You know, as you dance a bit, as long it makes you want to dance a bit. Yeah, yeah, Well, it makes you
1: want to. I can't actually do it like, you know, unless I, I, get, bion-
0: unless I get bionic knees and, you know,
1: <laughs> a metal rod up your spine, I can't do these things anymore, yeah, because it's old age and all that shit.
2: Hi, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. Good idea that I heartily endorse this podcast. Okay, cool. Should we get some shoutouts?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, as ever, uh, we have to thank our sponsors, Engineer Records. All right, nice one, chaps, nice one. Nice one. All your punk and hardcore needs, go check them out, Engineer yeah. Records. Uh, ab- some absolutely storming bands on there. Shout out to Gizbaz. Always, always. Dude's <laughs> <to> <laughs> the star. Yeah, and my son Elliot for his first podcast appearance. Nice boy did buddy. good, man, boy did good. Boy did good, yeah. Boy did good. So uh, I guess that's it now for uh, 2019, as far as Mass Movement Presents yeah. uh, goes. So uh, have a great Christmas. Hamburgery Christmas.
1: <laughs> hum- hum- Humbuggery Christmas and a, and a thoroughly unpleasant new year <laughs> we'll see you And we'll see you And we see the other side yeah. yeah. Bye bye